This is MGIF, a travelling podcast featuring cosy, funny and interesting game-leaning chats with a variety of folk from all across the country, but mostly London because that's where I live. Come with me on a journey peppered with the sounds of travel, the outdoors and the hubbub of various middle-class outlets as we chat games, culture and anything else we want to talk about because it's my podcast and I can do what I want, okay? That podcast once again... It's MGIF. Hello, we're back. It's 2023 and this is the first episode of the new year. It's episode three of season five with Lana Zagombich. Lana is a producer at PlayStation London Studio. She's also involved with the Limit Break Mentorship. She's a BAFTA member. She's part of Forbes 30 Under 30 in 2020. She does a lot. She's brilliant, she's funny, and she's great. And we sat down in the park and had a lovely long chat. This was back in summer. And we talked about coastal Croatia, the PS2, fashion, limit break mentorship. Uh, We walked around a farm and saw some animals. There was a bumper souls chat, but nothing too specific. So if you're not into souls, don't worry. It won't be be too painful, and hopefully our passion will will show through and you can uh, you can come along with us for the ride for a little bit uh we talked about fucking gex the lizard um and i tried to be polite about it because i think gex is shit um but lana loved it growing up so we we do get into some gex chat just so you know um we talk about lana's route into the industry and the importance of mentorship and how that helped her get ahead more quickly and yeah it was a lovely calm pleasant chat in the sunshine back in the summer of 2022 so i hope you enjoy this sort of more relaxed episode to ease you into the new year so without further ado season five episode three 2023 lana zagombich i can hum the we the me shop music. It's such a banger. I love it. Ian is so American. He always does that. Like um, he clicks. He does the when when a word has a K in it. Mm. Bike. Yeah. Bike. Yeah. Okay. Oh, like he really. K- yeah, he really clicks. Milk. It's clear. Yeah, I know. Americans Milk. Always, Americans always take the mic out of us for the the current thing on Twitter, isn't it? Or it, it was recently. Yeah. Is this the bottle of water? Bottle of water. Computer. Because there's just no consonant <laughs> sound at all. Bottle of water. Well, I have no problem with that. I got this European accent that is uh, untraceable. <laughs> untraceable. <laughs> and I like it that way. It's under un uh, uh, identifiable maybe. Like you've got a mix. Mm. What's your mix then? Do I you don't think? Fucking clue. People tell me, "Oh, are you American? Or are you Canadian? Swedish?" <laughs> and once I got British, I'm like, "Do you even know what the British people sound like?" <laughs> what was the weird one that I got that I, I can't remember now. Right. But I keep getting Scandinavian. Okay. And very rarely do I get Slavic. Oh, but I th- yeah, somebody asked me if I was Australian or Ash- no Irish. It was Irish. Irish. I'm, like, I'm not even close to Irish. <laughs> Irish. Can't even say top of the morning to you properly. <laughs> I don't. I think I guess it's people hear what they want to hear, yeah, isn't it? Right, and they're like, oh, I think I can hear. So funny. That is funny. <laughs> so what's so? Let me let's talk about that. Where did you grow up? Uh, in Croatia. Okay. Yeah. Not Iceland, not Ireland. Not Iceland, not, not Ireland, Sweden, not America, Australia. not Canada. No, <laughs> nope. Just plain old Croatia, also known as Slavic Italy. <laughs> Whereabouts in Croatia? In Zagreb, the capital. Okay. Yeah. So born and born and raised there. Um, actually, uh, yeah. My my mom's from Zagreb, but my grandma comes from Bosnia. Actually. So okay. She, she moved around the when she was in her teens. Yeah, I met my grandpa there. He's from the he's coastal Croatia though so I'm a, a mixture of the mm. what's coastal ca- Croatia like beautiful I was gonna say it oh sounds God. like oh, 
I did this little nose like, oh, I, I want to be there now. <laughs> I, I was just there like a week ago. And oh, yeah. I, I tried to go every summer because I need the sun to function properly. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, that guy's dressed like a Jedi. <laughs> there's a guy, we're in the park. Yeah. There's a guy dressed like a... Where? Oh, yeah. Like Princess Leia slash Oh, he's dressed Obi-Wan? like a Jedi. Is it actual cosplay, though, or is it just... No, I think it's just an outfit. It just reminds me of Princess Leia slash um, Obi-Wan's um, little it's jacket. It's Leia adjacent. Yeah. We could say. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> we're Later just Jason digressing kid. from one topic yeah. to the other. <laughs> but good. like, I I liked it. It caught my attention, and mm. and I love that, and I respect it. Just, just yesterday, I was talking with Ian about uh, men's fashion. How there's just n- it's just so basic. Yes, it <laughs> is. It's just t-shirts it and is. shorts. It really is. And, and, and in t-shirts and shorts right now. <laughs> it was so funny when we were talking <laughs> in a cafe, and I I was just like, yeah, like oh. All outfits look the same, and I just turned around. And it was like four guys just wearing a white T-shirt and just like really tight beige chinos. Yeah, yeah. I was, and we were just yeah. like laughing because yeah. I was gesticulating at this. Like uh, I just turned around, and it's so it oh happens like, for oh. men looking exactly the same. Thank you for the example. <laughs> You're welcome. That was another thing on Twitter as well, wasn't it? Like it was like a shot of just the legs of like a circle of lads with all the legs in a circle and all the same jeans yeah. the same and the it's same shoes and stuff it's not their fault it's just no. the, fa- the fashion industry just does, doesn't give them variety and it's true it, it's such a bummer i feel i still feel a bit like fashion wise still feel a bit trapped in what you can not in and i don't mean like oh i couldn't wear that that's not you know just like i think it's more not having any any sort of confidence of being bold enough to go yeah that'll be the right thing like the right combination or that would work with that because i've never done it Mm. so it's like i don't know a very long time ago you go to a period you're like well i don't have to wear just like blokey jeans or not grow my hair or not you know that was never a problem but like you could when i was a kid i mean i still am but i was properly into metal and new metal right when it when it was at school so like you could hide behind that as a that could be your fashion choice, right? Because it was still everything was black, mm-hmm. right? But you could do that, and you could throw on like spike collars, and you could throw on stuff like that. And accessories change the whole outfit. Yeah, it, they genuinely yeah. do. You can yeah, yeah. just wear plain black, but then accessorize, and it just elevates it so much. But when that goes, when you get older, and you're like, well, I like different kinds of music now. I'm not mm-hmm. quite as heavily into that phase of the the tie dye gotcha. t- long sleeve t shirt under a band top sort of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, the yeah. jeans that are like <laughs> six foot wide. You know, <laughs> but like if it they makes go you in all the puddles at festivals. But if it makes you happy and it makes you comfortable, why the heck not? Yeah, but I change it because I'm like, oh, I'm not into that anymore. Yeah, but fair. now I don't know what to do other gotcha. than like a oh, video game adjacent t shirt or like anime t shirt or like slightly cool design t shirt or another t shirt. How about a blue t shirt now? You know, and it's like, I don't know what to do. I need like a, you know, I need like a not an intervention that's too that's too dramatic right a makeover <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or i just want to go with someone i want to go with like a group of women who are like really know their clothes right and just go to like markets and be like oh let's try that with that what do you think that's the thing you just gotta go and spend some time shopping and browsing because mm. that's the one one thing that's very difficult to find the time for yeah and like i personally get exhausted after two hours of just window shopping uh and you gotta commit to just like trying out a lot of things as yeah. well because you can just look at a piece of clothing and be like nah like try it out maybe maybe it'll be good or you try it on and you're like oh hell no <laughs> this does not look good <laughs> take it off take it off it's the trying on isn't it yeah yeah it is and then trying to match it and oh yeah it, it is it is effort yeah i mean i think my my current wardrobe took about three or four years to get to like obviously you, you can't spend all that much money unless you have money yeah on clothes just to revamp the entire wardrobe but i just did like one piece of clothing a month maybe for mm. for ages and then i'm like oh i quite like dress shirts i'm just gonna buy more dress shirts because i like it and now i got rid of everything else it's not like dress shirts okay okay <laughs> it's about com- is it about i'm all right is it about combinations yeah Cause, no absolutely cause then you don't need as many like completely new outfits because you go Hey, here's a new one if I put this with this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I wore this this skirt I wore, for example, with, uh, at my summer party this let's year. Describe, let's describe the look. Oh, describe the look. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I'm wearing a black milk T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I'm wearing a Disturbia <laughs> skirt. 
<laughs> and uh, a pair of vans uh, with platforms on nice. the side because I'm on a picnic blanket right now. A Fitbit watch, <laughs> <laughs> a custom-made necklace from a lovely Croatian <laughs> designer. <laughs> mm, and, and very nice it is too. Thank you. It's got, uh, a, it's got a sort of slightly souls vibe to it. Oh yeah, just sharp. It's, it's, it's like no touch. You can look, but you can touch. <laughs> <laughs> to to quote the classic best song ever, "My Humps" from Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> you can look, but you can touch it. <laughs> Do you know what philosopher said that? <laughs> Black Eyed Peas. Fergie. Fergie, yeah, specifically Fergie. <laughs> specifically Fergie. I don't know if I can talk about it. It's probably, yeah, because it's just a process. But at work, um, we okay. when we have like our. Uh, uh, sprintly retrospectives about like what has gone well and what's gone not so well that needs improvements at um, in a sprint um, I kick it off by like playing some kind of um, looping game music while we put the tickets in and like people put uh, opinions and stuff in and what's <laughs> usually what, what, what music do we go for usually um, j- it has t- so there's rules I made rules about this okay. it has to be ambient no lyrics. Okay. Um, kind of like chill, mellow. Um, it has to be video games. The, we, the me, me shop, me, me channel music rather is um, the one that I kicked off with because it's, it's such a banger, right? Yeah. <laughs> and every time there's an awkward pause in meetings and stuff, I just start humming it. Like, yeah. For limit break as well. <laughs> Anissa's like, Lana, cover. And I'm like, ah, oh, no. Um, do, 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 do. Like elevator music. That was a good. That was a good. Uh, you got the Anissa tone just right there. Lana, <laughs> Lana <Sorry>. do it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I will. We oh, sh- I love it. Which is good. That's a good. That's a good segue into limit break. Yeah, well. limit break. <laughs> so you got yeah. So I think that's the last time we saw each other. Was yes, it? Yes, uh, opening ceremony. Opening ceremony of mm-hmm. limit break. So let's talk about your work with limit break. My work with limit break. Oh my god. Oh, I I I love this story actually. How I got to. Mm. Hel- uh, sorry, helping Anissa and yeah. also inadvertently become a co-director, <laughs> which is so unexpected. I know, right? Um, it was, so I was, um, after I quit my last job and I had a month and a half off between jobs and mm. uh, a lot of time on my hands, you know, I painted the walls of the living room because <laughs> like, why not? I have a month and a half. Let's do some DIY and home improvement. Yeah. Uh, but also um, that was, I think, what was it? Year Oh gosh, I, I keep losing track which year when, but le- let's say year three was finishing and we needed to organize the round tables and Anissa picked me for some help. Like, hey, mm. do you have time? Let's organize some round tables for the beginning of the year. So I helped her with that. And then we started talking a bit more about like, oh, how let me break is a lot of work. We need more pairs of hands. So we formed a committee. So Anissa was like, I want a committee. And would you like to be on it? I'm like, yeah, of course, sure. I believe in the program. I think it's amazing. I've been part of it from the very beginning. Uh, it's important to have. Well, let's help out. Mm. Um, and yeah, it started uh, doing that. And uh, um, Limit Break was expanding at the time. Like we were every year, we would get more people. Like half, double the amount we had in previous years. And Anissa was like, well, let's. Let's make this legit. Let's make this a CIC nonprofit. Um, do you want to be a co director? And the way she asked me was I woke up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday one morning with a WhatsApp message from Anissa, I think from like 2 a.m. <laughs> hey, I made you a director. You're a director now of the limit break. I <laughs> just replied, like, okay. <laughs> and that's how I became the co director of limit break. And I love, Anissa, right? I love that story because it's just so. I, I don't know. It's just so so endearing and so charming. And like, yeah, I, I really want to be part of it. And I, I still am and I will be. So, yeah. It's cool. It makes you think of like the way that people get jobs in EastEnders. They <laughs> shout across the square like, give us a, give us a job in the calf. And it's like, yeah, go right then. <laughs> and that's it. That's the interview process. <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty good. I like it. Like, yeah. Oh, right, it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was fantastic. Um, so maybe we should give a little summary of Limit Break as well. Just, oh, just my the, goodness. Uh, yay. What Limit, it is. Limit Break is a mentorship program um, that lasts uh, six months. It happens every year. It is for underrepresented people in the games industry specifically. Um, at the moment, we are uh, talking about underrepresented people. Um, so sexualities, uh, race and gender. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also supporting neurodiversity and disabilities and uh, we're looking to expand even further into that to offer like support where it's needed, whether it's like um, 
um, providing BSL interpreters, text-to-speech, all kinds of software, like mm. whatever whatever you need. We want to be able to support that and make your experience at Limit Break um, good mm. as best as it can be, that you're supported, you got everything you need, um, and that will help us also bring even more diversity into the industry. Mm. Um, you pair up with a mentor or mentee, um, and yeah, for six months you work together, uh, whatever you, as a men- mentee, need from the industry do you need portfolio reviews do you need help finding jobs do you need just support navigating the industry uh, and the mentor will help you with that and same for mentors as well do you want more experience in um, helping someone out uh, mentoring mentoring someone helping them around the industry um, and maybe giving them some like tips and tricks on games industry survival mm. so yeah it's 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 a wonderful program that's good and this is all this is all needed you know yes it's, it's absolutely especially these days because the the industry's so big and there's so many routes in, but there's not, it doesn't feel like, at the same time, it feels a little bit impenetrable, mm. especially if you're brand new. Oh, God, yes. Uh, you know, you, there's so much There's so much to know um, and equipping people with that knowledge going in, it just really, inc- must really increase your chances of success in just getting started and finding your place and finding somewhere where you can, mm. you can get in. And also creating the opportunities which are, which are simply not, um, I say frequent enough. Not yeah. There's not enough of them. The big problem with the industry is retention rate as well. Like yes. on average, minorities uh, and underrepresented underrepresented people rather uh, leave after five years. Like it's the average is five years in the industry, and that's bad because mm. the industry is set up underrepresented people kind of set up for failure because well, let's be honest, the industry is inherently white and male. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why, like, the Yuki census is important that we do every year to kind of get a an overview of what the industry is like. And even then, it would be amazing if everyone in the UK industry could fill that census out so we get a- accurate data. All for an opportunity for people to network, connect, get to mentor mentoring, and get better in their career. Just an experiment. Sounds weird to say I miss sheep, but... <laughs> like... Like district stuff, right? It's all the sheepies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm My best mate lived on a farm. Oh, yeah. And it was like a two minute walk, well, you know, five minute walk around the corner from me because I lived in this tiny hamlet called Ayaby. It had no, no church, no shops, no. They had a post box, that was the feature. <laughs> and 20 houses, I think, or 30 houses altogether. Um, and he lived on a farm across, down a, like a farm path, and then used to meet up after school every day. Cow and sheep farm. It's quite nice, really. Occasionally, got me, hit, roped me into the hay bales and stuff when they were in season and getting them down. That's hard work, man. S- scratchy and heavy, and like as a technique, you got to put your knee under it, and it's like, especially when you're a kid, and you're like. <laughs> okay, we could do that. That looks quaint. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Nice food and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where to next store? Do a little loop. Oh. Probably do that first. Oh. But there's people in there. It's closed. Should we call? Should we call their bluff? I think people are picnicking. Let's have a look. Maybe it's like an old sign. Someone's forgotten to. It does look closed. Because there's a little um, petting. Not really petting farm, but. Animals cages. Yeah, let's yeah, let's have a look at them. Right. Let's have a look at the guys. <laughs> Tradition. Let's go a bit more about you. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to avoid it. We're back. I uh, I am notoriously bad for talking about myself. Did you visit the coastline when you were a kid as well, or is that a more recent thing? Yeah, yeah. We have. Uh, my grandpa grew up at so at the seaside, which is a little valley. Um, like a 10 minutes by car from the beach mm. so um, yeah every summer uh, school break I'll be with my grandparents down there um, and um, my mom would obviously take holidays and come mm. and we would go to the beach together and just explore so yeah I've always been near the sea what's near the seaside coast. life like there compared to like say say you go to like have you been to like Blackpool or Morecambe or I've like uh, Bognor Regis or I've been to. Is it called? Is it Red Car? The one near Middlesbrough? 
I'm no. not sure. Maybe. Well, uh, Brighton, I go. But let's let's give Brighton an example. We're not kind of British seafront vibes. Does does it have a similar vibe? Like, uh, no, absolutely. No. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Brighton maybe. So, uh, I hate sand. Okay. To quote Anakin Skywalker, it's rough and it gets it it gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like I f- I feel that on a very deep emotional level. Um, <laughs> Not the whole going to the dark side, but just sand. <laughs> just sand for <laughs> just now. Just sand, just to clarify, just to make it clear. There's other opinions, but I agree <laughs> with him on sand. Yes. <laughs> Very questionable up, uh, life, Anakin. <laughs> Vader. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think Brighton is the most similar because um, I think there's a big just beach-going culture in Brighton. Everyone's just sitting on on the rocks and stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the the rocks are the biggest similarity, which kind of kind of like uh, fills up that whole vibe of going to the beach. But I've also been to Cornwall. Um, to mm. what was it called? The Rock or something like that? The one near um, oh, I forget the names. I'm really bad at names. Okay. But it's um all the way to the west. Uh, I've been to that one, and that was a beachy one, and it's it's. Big and long, and the sea. You have to walk for a bit until you reach the sea, and yeah, it's. I'm used to like. Um, well, you have in Croatia is a beach. It goes into what would you call? Like it goes like this. So there's like a little pier between each of them. So there's little like dips okay. in it, rather know. than like a big flat <coughs> piece of beach. It's like a long beach. It dips yeah. in. Okay. Yeah, it dips in. It's kind of like. I don't know what you would call that. There'll, there'll be a name for it. <laughs> we would call it Uvala in Croatian. So I don't know how oh, to translate okay. that. So, huh. Yeah. That's like, so back of your throat, so you view Uvala. It. Yeah, Uvala, but yeah, yeah. Uvala. It's kind of out, which is like a fold, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah I think it, it, it huh. yeah, it, it would be like smaller beaches, because um, we have a lot of like big rocks. So like big rock kind of dips into a beach, another big rock, another beach. So okay. people are just kind of spread out like that. Um, and you just go and spend hours on the beach mm. just go swimming sunbathing play some cards read a book um it's very chill i i think it's a bit more busy and bustly in okay. the uk when it yeah. comes to to beaches yeah uh, and just like at the be- beach culture so um i'm just used to very much chill quiet not doing anything and what also irks me as well is people like to hear like to bring music you can always spot the brit in Croatian beach because they always come with speakers and blast some kind of like top UK God. 50 and and it it's like no yeah it irks me because I like the sound of oh waves mm. um, and uh, wind yeah and like a little uh, bustle of people like mm. just chatting and like maybe a kid crying or a dog barking like natural sounds just like quiet yeah. so when someone brings speakers it just ruins the vibe and I'm like ah yeah, is it and also I think it's like just massively rude because you're it's just so presuming ever you want ever you're just presuming that everyone else is fine with you changing the entire atmosphere yeah. with, within a certain radius of earshot, right? Also Which is m- not okay. If also, you ask mu- me. Muse music tastes as well, but like yeah. it, it's public and people are here to relax. Like I always sleep on a beach as well. Mm. I don't want to fall asleep to I don't know something you're playing on on the speakers <laughs> yeah. out loud. Twenty-one seconds. <laughs> so mm-hmm. solid, Chris. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> not really a sleeping theme. No, not really. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's very chill, very re- relaxing, like it's very mellow. Yeah. So there's no like that vibe of like neon seafronts and like arcades and like. Oh, there's certainly that. Um, yeah, that's but what, that um, aesthetic is it like? You the beach similar? would be created specifically f- with that in mind. <coughs> Normally, it's just he, you put your towel down next to a tree or whatever just quiet uh-huh. and then you can move a bit in like inland um which is just a couple of meters like a beach there's usually a road then there's a little um um what you might call it like um walking by the stores and uh-huh. restaurants and cafes and ice cream shops uh, and you can have like arcades there and music there but so you'd have like video game arcades and stuff um we don't really have them maybe i'm just not aware mm. of them because it's been so long since I've been in Croatia, like living. Yeah, that yeah. I don't know what out else is there, and my extent of going out with friends is usually to play billiards, pool. <laughs> stuff like that. We we used to do that so often mm. when I was in high school. So that would be your thing, rather yeah. than like. It's just interesting. I'm just trying to think whether like, because 
growing up, that would be a big thing. We'd go in the game, mm. the arcades would be actual video games, yeah, yeah. right? Which is the, not these days, not the case. <laughs> like, it's all like literally they have like doodle jump now and stuff like that. But you get tickets to buy the. Yes, yeah. But that wasn't the, <clears throat> the arcades then when I was like eight or whatever. Mm. It was like Mortal Kombat, Primal Rage, Street Fighter, like Time Crisis. Well, not Time Crisis, it wouldn't be out yet. But for mm. example, like Light Gun Games and like. Um, Oh God, what's that one called? It was a, literally you get it's like a jet fighting game. It's really old, Afterburner. Oh, and you get in a plane, like ride thing, and you'd move the. Oh, cool! You'd move the sticks, and it'd move the whole unit. Oh, yes, like yes, you were yes. flying around. I feel like I played something similar, but in the UK. Like I've been to arcades yeah. in the UK, and you have like really, really big ones. Like there's one in Leeds that's really big. Um, I'm also forgetting we've got 10 years of age difference between <laughs> us so maybe by the time you were a kid there that had gone as well as, as it probably did over here well right? also interestingly uh, the games industry to my knowledge with you know without the internet and everything didn't really exist all that much in Croatia like we have we have really old um, like game development studios in Croatia like Crow Team but Mm. We <laughs> hello. <laughs> Our little doggies. Some doggies in this. In oh, the I get distracted so easily by doggies. They're very sweet. Yeah. Little but fellas <laughs> enjoying the the sun. <laughs> but it was really hard to buy games in Croatia. Like, um, I ha- I got a Nintendo sixty four. That was my first console when I was like four or something. And we had to get it from Austria. Right. And uh, I couldn't buy any games for it in Croatia. So, well, like once a year, once every two years, we would just do a family shopping trip to austria just go really? to like a, a mall there like my grandma needed some i don't know tiles for her kitchen <laughs> sure. and i would uh, go with my mom to toys r us and pick one game so for ages I, I think up until 2002 when i got a ps2 um i only had like seven games i kind of circled back and forth between okay right even when i got a ps2 in like 2002 or whenever i got it um, I had a demo CD that mm. came with it for two years. <laughs> I didn't have a single game for the PlayStation 2 until I got um, Harry Potter Quidditch. But even if I had Harry Potter Quidditch, I didn't have a memory card, so I couldn't save the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> so for like another year or so, I couldn't save it. So I would leave the PlayStation 2 on for the entirety of the night. <laughs> if it, sometimes it would crash. Once I managed to play the game by just like binging it for two days straight mm. and leaving it for two nights to finally finish it. And obviously I don't have that save because I don't have the memory card. Yeah. And then I go to my mom, mom, did you know I need a memory card <laughs> to save my games? But then I went to high school. And of course, finally, I had some people around me that played games. So I had my two friends um, who were like, oh, my God, a girl plays games. Let's give her all the stuff. Let's learn her stuff. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> I was a novelty, right? Which yeah. I'm sure many, many people can yeah. kind of relate with. Yeah. That you finally find out, find your group of people mm. when you like reach high school or especially university. I think mm. in university, I, fa- I was like, whoa. I'm not alone. Yeah. There's all these people around me with same interests. Yes. How wild is that? So, yeah, I'm really thankful for those two uh, friends who helped me learn more about games. I think they were the ones who properly got me into it. So, uh-huh. like, shout out to um, Zorich and Ian <laughs> for, for that, for sure. Um, thank you for lending me Ratchet and Clank. And <laughs> 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 that, yes, was, that was a really good one. And, of course... Thank you for introducing me to Devil May Cry. Oh. Because everyone knows I love Devil May Cry. Yes. With my whole heart. Yes, mate. Is that what is that what got you into um action? I think so, yeah. Type things? Yeah, definitely. I know you've got a big you're a big souls lover as well, yes. right? And oh I love Soulsborne so <clears throat> much. Yes, it definitely did. It um before like um I love all kinds of game genres, I think. I, I play absolutely everything mm. and it's always a pleasure to be like on a BAFTA jury uh, when they invite me and they give me a whole range of games to play yeah um, I, I just love everything and uh-huh. I want to play everything and yeah action games are really close to my heart um, I played platformers most of my upbringing because Nintendo 64 lots of games on that sure. Devil May Cry introduced me to action uh, Ratchet and Clank you know a little bit of a platformer shooter um, but yeah it wasn't until pre-pandemic times where Mm. I finally gave Bloodborne another go Ah. and then after I played it I was like oh my god isn't this 
the best genre there is in the yeah, world. Yeah. And then <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Demon Souls happened. I still have. I have yet to play Dark Souls, and I keep postponing it because, mm. um, you know, I want to start from the beginning. So Dark Souls one and the controls now after Elden Ring are so different. Mm. But I, Elden Ring. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Can we just. I want to talk about that forever because I think about that game every single day. Do you? I genuinely do. <laughs> I want to play it every single day, and yeah, it was I'm real just special. W- I'm waiting news for DLC so I can like replay it because mm. I'm now on NG. I would be on NG plus plus plus. Oh my god, really? So I don't want to play DLC on that. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. I made that mistake in Bloodborne. Yes. I did it in NG plus plus. Oh my God! Orphan of course on NG plus uh, plus. Yeah, <laughs> Good yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was hard on it, NG it doing fine. Orphan. <laughs> it was fine-ish, apart from uh, Lawrence, um, which I nearly put the thing down. I was like, <clears throat> I literally did this. I went, okay, this is my last go at Lawrence on ng plus plus and basically lawrence is the version of if you well if you've played the, well, if you played the game you'll know anyway so maybe there's no point in explaining <laughs> he's just a very he's a different version of the first boss you run into basically oh the bloodstart beast <coughs> but he's on fire oh, no, no, no. Um, cleric, beast. cleric beast yeah yeah but he's on fire and he falls in half and makes oh. lava everywhere and he's he's an asshole i hate um, lawrence so much he was the worst boss for sure for me yeah orphan had nothing on lawrence yeah <laughs> yeah and i enjoyed orphan more as well even mm. though it's ha- you know it's, and it's people usually say this about ludwig wild <gasps> Ludwig's and great. i'm like no lawrence is harder than ludwig you yeah just, yeah just like stick <clears throat> to ludwig's booty and like uh, stick to ludwig's yeah. booty. with beasts mm-hmm. the, with mm-hmm. soulsborne in general mm-hmm. if it's a beast if it's big stick to the booty booty for the beast slap the booty <laughs> booty for the beast <laughs> Pierce Booty for, for the, kid. the beast. If it's slimy, you pierce it. If it's big, <laughs> fire and stick to the booty. <laughs> Smack at the booty. Yeah, I love that. That's 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 a real good little two-page guide, a pamphlet on Bloodborne. How to? Go. Goats, goats, goats. They want food. It's not. Fi- I'm sorry. It's not food. It's a. It's a, it's a portable recording device. Any words? <laughs> Just hear it eat it. <laughs> It's a little petting area, yeah. a little bubby. Oh, it's a bubby goat. Oh, 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 oh. It's getting disciplined right now. Mm-hmm. Little headbutt, strop Oh, here. they're playing. Look at that. Oh yeah, maybe they're playing, learning how to play. That's true. <laughs> hey. Okay, nothing for you. It's <laughs> very cute. Yeah, it's a nice little bit just tucked away, right? <laughs> they're all trying to oh, dominate. Oh my god. Oh no. That hug, they're oh. getting over the fence. Like, Give me some food. Oh no! Got a got to compete, isn't it? I'm most hungry. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm the same at lunchtime. Right, <laughs> Just Big mood. Waiting at the cafe <laughs> to get surfers, stretching your neck out as far as possible. <laughs> Every time I'm like really, yeah. Every time I'm really hungry, I just inhale food and I'm like, <coughs> yeah, oh yeah, right. And then I'm like, that's, just, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> burbs. No. Uh, so what do we have here? Golden pheasant, Golden canary, pheasant. Golden pheasant, canary, and cockatiels. Well, I can oh. see them cockatiels. Oh, beautiful colors. Look at them. Thank you. Got the. Oh, I'm gonna take my shades off so I can see them in resplendent beauty. Look at that one over there, the golden peasant. Like that. Oh God, yeah. You can't be that fabulous. That is just not okay. Oh, I could see him. His picture on the side of an IPA. (laughs) (laughs) I would drink that there. Pint of golden pheasant, please. Oh, 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 look at the little duckling floating. That is cute. Oh. That actually looks amazing. Oh, look at its little feet. Please let me in oh, your no. tiny bucket. I, I would be really into this. Cold water. It's probably warm now. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. Oh, they're very pretty. Burps are cool. Yes. Oh. See, now you've been to the Mudshoot Farm. Yeah, been to Mudshoot Farm. So you, you went from Devil May Cry to 
to Soulsborne, the, the yeah. Soulsborns. But you still have to do Dark Souls and... Uh, I still have to do Dark Souls 1, 2, 3. But I've done Demon Souls, the remake on PS5. Um, and I've done, obviously, Elden Ring. Oh, you've done the remake of, De of Demon's remake? Yes, yet? yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Hmm, that's cool. That's cool to go yeah, from I never Demons done the original. into Dark. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I started the Dark Souls 1 uh, on the Switch because I just... I wanted to play because um, we all, we have one TV. There's three of us in a house, so um, I wanted to just play it in my own comfort, just kind of on the mm. sofa with everyone else mm. uh, around me. And um, I've just passed the gargoyles, you know, the the one gargoyle that turns into two. Oh and yeah! I, and I hear there's also another repeat of the battle where a third one jumps in. <laughs> and um, when I was playing Demon Souls, um, I I play Dark Souls one. A for a bit and then I play Demon Souls and yeah. then um, and that's Maneater isn't it yeah Maneater uh, it was exactly it I was ready because <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen I'm like hey 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 I know what's going to happen here see when that happened in Elden Ring uh -huh. I, f I for some reason I just wasn't I hadn't thought about it right uh -huh. and there's the gargoyle that protects the it's underground the cannonball is protecting somewhere mm -hmm. underground Noxtella or the other one mm -hmm. and it's one gargoyle with a Blimmin' sword I and don't remember. stone, and it's like a it's like a waterfall. You can go down after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and like, I remember. I was having trouble. I was like, I'm gonna have to come back to this. And I came back. I was like, oh, I'm a bit stronger now. Um, got him down to like half health, and then the second and one was like, one appears. I was like, of course, <laughs> gargoyle, Makes Souls sense. game, gargoyle, gargoyles, isn't it, mate? Like, and I, I messaged from a friend who's like played it a lot yep. before me, and I said. Just of course, gargoyles, and he's just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's like, of course. Why, I, what am I not, why, how did I not think? I love the, I love that section because uh, <laughs> so my my husband played in his room, my partner played in our room, and I played on the TV in the living mm. room. So none of us watched each other play because oh, we wanted to avoid spoilers. That's so good. And I played the gargoyles, and then my partner was in the same area, but he didn't find that route uh, to the boss, and I was like. Tell me, tell me when you get there. And he was like, <laughs> there's fucking two of them. <laughs> I was like, yes, there was fucking two of them. <laughs> Just relishing and waiting for them to realize. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's the best. But Devil May Cry was that first. Uh, yeah, it was. Was that your first like big action mm. thing that you were like got into? <laughs> Does Catwoman count? <laughs> it was the film one. I don't even know that. That was my second game on PS2. Catwoman game on PS2. Yeah, oh my goodness. That was funny. Let's talk yeah, about that. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. Nothing it was say. good. I, I, I played it a lot of, a lot, again, a limited amount of games I had. I played it a bunch of times. Uh, and then I started playing um, other games. And also I, I, I went, I obviously jailbroke my PS2 at some point. Mm. And I went to Thailand for holidays and I got a bunch of like, you know, copied copies. Um, <gasps> naughty. What? Uh, pirating is bad. Don't do that. Maybe we'll cut this. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, like no one. Yeah, everyone. everyone Comment, like, subscribe. Um, especially, yeah, especially when you don't have. Especially when you're growing up and you don't have access to these things. Exactly. Yeah. For whatever reason. Plus, I didn't know about pirating back in the day. Mm. Like, people did it for me. Like, I would be like, "Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have this?" And they just give it to me, and I had like no <laughs> idea what they were doing. Like, it was this illegal. <laughs> oh my god, I have well, no it's idea. Well, like, it's like when I was a kid and we had the Amiga, right? So you yeah. know, there was, there was a floppy disk yes. situation, right? And like, you know, have you seen those like disk boxes? You, they used to have like you'd keep. It's basically a way of storing all your floppies, right? Yes, and it'd be like, oh yes, I remember. Uh, like a plastic top mm -hmm. with a key. And you'd lift it, and there'd just be loads, rows oh, of yeah, slots yeah. to just put them in, right? <laughs> and uh, like one day, my dad comes back. I got the Amiga, like you know, got a couple of games we bought for it um, from the. There's a supermarket called Macro, oh. where you used to be able to buy like I don't know a key ring, uh, some olives, and like an Amiga game, <laughs> and like amazing, you know, uh, wall hangers and a sofa and. You know, <laughs> beats going to having to trek to yeah. a different country yeah. to get games. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a random collection of shit, right? Amazing. Um, and you buy like a game from there, but then like dad comes home and like, oh, he's got this big disc box full of kind of oh, there's no, there's no kind of game art on those. It just seems to be written in biro. <laughs> yes, I've got forty games now, and I brought home today. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Let's play those. They oh. look fine. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it happened all the time, especially then. Absolute Wild West business. It's just like, Absolutely. yeah, here's a massive 
here's the endeavors of like 600 people oh <laughs> for free <laughs> you know and you're just like cool yeah in, in hindsight Woo. i feel so bad yeah because um I, I think except for those a couple handful of um oh no no, no i'm this wait was this piece yeah, yeah i got ps2 games um from thailand um what was your first console then uh nintendo 64 right right nintendo 64 back in what 96. got you into it or how did it come so about? my mom had a friend who was um who had one uh, the console and he recommended it to her mm. and she was like okay yeah lana likes games like i loved my tamagotchi that was my only game oh and she gave me uh, she, she, mate. yeah <laughs> she got me the nintendo 64 with uh, my first game was mario 64 and um yeah it also was it really the, yeah, yeah it was wow mm-hmm. That's a hell of a first game, right? Yeah, I loved it. And I, uh, when they did the All-Stars on the Switch, um, what, last year or something, I replayed it. And that was the first time I 100%ed it as well. Because mm. I remember as a kid, I didn't have the game skills. And I didn't really understand what was happening. There was no walkthrough. So if no. I would be stuck, I would be stuck for five years, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, yeah. I st- I'll never forget <laughs> Donkey 64, uh, which I also had. Uh, I was stuck on it for probably like seven years or something Fuck. and i would just like replay it from the very beginning and always yeah. get to a point where i yeah. didn't know like i didn't have enough um, yeah I, I what was the currency like bananas or something uh, to open <laughs> up new levels obviously because yeah monkeys like yeah. bananas i guess that, and they also, have, they also have guns <laughs> 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 i love i love and Dunk Dunk 64 so much uh. but i remember finally in high school i was like let's do this and i beat it and i was like oh wow it took me seven years to get to this point, and yeah. it ju- I felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just numbness. Like, seven years to get to this point. Oh, my God. Video games. Games, eh? I worked very hard. I completed it, and I felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just because I was in a start, just state of shock after, like, seven years. And also, the final boss battle was in a boxing <laughs> ring for some re- reason, because... There was no like Chekhov's gun to indicate that K rule King K rule was a boxer, and then suddenly you're in a boxing ring with uh, him for like, the final end. Do you not know I'm a boxer? Yeah, I, just, I was laughing thing. so hard, and then you know numbness set in. See me in Smash Brothers in another twenty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know when I saw him in Smash Bros, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna play as King K rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was good, yeah. right? It was really good. I was just floating around. It was cheap, so squashing cheap. people and yep. just going. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, N64 was my first game. Mario 64 was my uh, first game. Uh, sorry, console and then game. And did not Donkey Kong 64 was the bane of my life for ages. <laughs> Thanks, Rare. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously the best game on Nintendo 64 was definitely Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Which I again replayed to 100% the first and the second one on Xbox. And you felt nothing? No, I felt everything. Okay. Mainly because my housemate hates it so much, <laughs> and just having him watch me play for like two weeks was um, a delight. I felt all the things. <laughs> That's where you got the feelings. Yes. From. I was like, ha! I will do this hate. out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the feelings there. He's like, finish this level. I'm like, no, I'm gonna hundred percent it. I still need one hundred <laughs> notes. That's what finishing is. It's a hundred percent. Oh my god. You've not finished. <laughs> what does it say? What's that percentage? Is that a finished percent or is it unfinished? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make me watch more. Yeah, honestly, through the recent years, I really became <sighs> a completionist in games. Uh, it's just fun. I like it. I don't mind. Some people call it grind, but I like it. It just gets yeah. me to play the game some more. It depends. I've never I've never done the trophies thing or the, mm. or the um, achievements thing. I if I get a, them, mm. I go, ooh. Yeah, I'm definitely a big trophy hunter. Are you? Yeah, Elden Ring, I platinum, Demon Souls. Uh, Demon Souls, I haven't. Um, uh, I need to. I need to do that. But um, Devil May Cry Five, I am working on a platinum, and it's been years. It's very hard because <laughs> you need to get like the best mark at every single um, chapter. I don't mind that. Mm. I like it when it's skill based trophies. Uh, yeah, or something like that. Mm. But when it's like. Because a lot of the Souls games have this. It's like get um, get a curved weapon to plus ten, get a yes. strength weapon to yeah. plus to, to maximum, mm-hmm. get a this weapon, get. That. I'm a bit like, ah. but that doesn't feel like <clears throat> I, f- I don't want to spoil the game for myself when I'm mm-hmm. doing something where I'm like, but I'm just doing. I'm just 
within the mechanics. So like for something like that, you'd just go to an area where you'd need that upgrade material and you just hit things until you got it right. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, I'm not really playing it now. Mm. It's just more like QA. Yeah. <laughs> right, there's no, you're just doing, yeah, you're just doing a shot. There's no kind of, you, you know, especially if you're like well over par for that area, but you're just there to get the thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do that because that's poor, not why poor I like Poor that we slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> just going, hi, it's me again. Oh, God. <laughs> Need your stuff. <laughs> like, you just drop it straight away. I won't have to yeah. keep doing this. <laughs> I want to keep hitting you and coming back. Um, you know, it's but like, but if it's one where it's like, get the best possible score where you're going mm -hmm. right i need to fine tune yes. this bit and that then yeah because i mean i play street fighter yeah, yeah. that's my entire i've got three thousand dollars <laughs> in in one in five on its own that's the whole thing it's like i now get very slightly better mm -hmm. very slightly better <laughs> over like another two weeks right that's that's the whole thing yeah. and yeah cool but if i'm just like oh you just gotta do this again to get this, just just for the sake mm -hmm. of getting the sword then I, I don't think those achievements are any good i think they should all be like yeah play based i think so yeah like bloodburn as well there was one achievement you had to collect all the hunters uh items right. and all the weapons uh, not all the weapons but all the i forget what kind of type of weapon but um some I'll, i think two of them or maybe one were in the chalice dungeons uh, and they are quite grindy. I don't like the Chalice Dungeons. And there's also an achievement at the end because you have to beat the final boss of the Chalice Dungeons. And to get to her is... Uh, takes a while. That's the Yarnum, Queen of Yarnum. Queen right? of Yarnum, yeah. I never never got that. I never did those just because yeah. I didn't really like... After... Because the, the contrast of the, the beautiful, bespoke, deliberate design mm -hmm. of the game... And, and then the, the copypasta of uh, the yeah. Chalice Dungeons, yeah. You're like, meh. <laughs> just didn't really... I did a, a bit of it. Mm -hmm. The bosses, the uh, unique bosses in there are great. Yes, but, like, a couple of them, yeah. Don't make me do a boring thing to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give me the boss. Please, thank you. I'll never forget, the, uh, the, uh, there's a repeat amygdala fight in the Chalice Dungeons. And I remember just going like, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> and I jumped up and she just like slammed me. <laughs> One shot kill. And I was so stunned. I took a video of it immediately. And I was, <laughs> then I, I was there cry laughing. I was like, just like nope. I did that. It was really funny. I jumped at the same time as she was slamming her head hand down, because you never know what uh, what move bosses are going to open with yeah. as well. There's that weird comedy in Souls games. Someone did a thing on Elden Ring, didn't they? An mm -hmm. article about the comedy inherent in Souls games yeah. where things just happen and stuff. And it I did. I like. There's a before you get to the grand. This is so specific. Isn't it? Before mm -hmm. you get to the grand lift of Dectus, there's yes. a there's a gargoyle block in your way. Mm -hmm. Well, you can just run past, right? Yeah. Um. And I got to the bit that when you can summon a little icon comes up in the corner, doesn't it? Saying mm -hmm. you can summon like your um, ashes, ashes or yeah, your pal. NPC mm -hmm. pals. And I saw that. I was like, oh, it's on my horse. And I thought, I better summon. So I rang the bell. And as I was ringing the bell, just the sword went dong off screen. It's like took me out in one hit off my horse. Like, <laughs> it's just really funny. Just like mid bell ring. I'll just oh, ring sick. my bell to help my. <laughs> 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 oh, happened to me so many times. Have you seen that famous, uh, uh, I think, viral video where you're fighting Radon and you're running away from him and you have like, s he has such little health and so do you. And then suddenly, like over the hill, you see um, the wolf guy. What's his name? Oh, my goodness. Blaith. Blaith. You see Blaith. him running up Sorry. and just delivering the final kill to Radon. Oh, nice. It was just such good cinematography as well. Sick. So good. <laughs> Only recently, uh, in university, I got uh, Ocarina of Time, and I got Mario Kart, even though my friends had Mario Kart, so we played there. And just uh, this year, because my Nintendo 64 stopped working and I brought it back to my housemate to fix it, mm. um, I realized I didn't bring any games with me so we could test it. <laughs> so I went to eBay and I got Gex. Oh, <laughs> Gex. <laughs> oh, my God. Gex. So good, huh? The man they call Gex. Oh my god, his his little one-liners about like this reminds me of the time at Myron Brando's party. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what Fuck. you're on about, but okay. <laughs> you say, you seem witty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the time I was with Steam for Semi and having coffee. It's like <laughs> you just collected a carrot. How is this relatable? Also, you're oh. a lizard. Why are you collecting carrots? I don't get it. <laughs> a lizard collecting carrots talking about Steve Buscemi. I 
It probably wasn't Steve Buscemi, but I definitely remember he mentioning Marlon Brando. <laughs> Bloody Gex, though. He's a spy. <laughs> He's, He's a wearing a tuxedo. He's a spy. He has really good one-liners about <laughs> s- obscure celebrities. <laughs> Why is he a spy? I don't know. Would the lizard make a good spy? Be- I don't know. He's small. He can get into places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He collects carrots. drop from like... Why does he need the suit? <laughs> He's very clever. Very smart. Very clever, suave. Very clever guy. Leave him alone. Leave Gex alone. Oh, God. Hashtag leave Gex alone. Um, For real, Do you know what we, did, we haven't covered is your... How you got in to the industry oh, initially. Yes. The age-old question. Especially... What age were you? Ah, it was. What was I? Mm, it was twenty end of 2014. It was just, um, uh-huh. I think, like 28th of November. Um, yeah, right after uni, I went back to Croatia. What did you do at uni? Uh, computer character animation at Tisa University. Mm. Yeah, I always wanted to... I was always like drawing and sketching because I have an art artist background, which okay. I kind of abandoned through the years because it always felt um, like I was forced to do it, so it wasn't fun anymore. Right. Um, which is a bummer, I guess. I didn't want it hard enough, but also at the university, I was like, "Wow, everyone's like ten times more talented than me, and like I would have to work ten times as hard." And again, going back to Croatia, I'm I'm used to like mellow, lazy <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, but uh, like it, it, in the end, it wasn't something I it was happy doing every single day. Okay. But initially, I wanted to like design characters and do some like maybe concept art environments, which okay. you know, uh, the the the. The mind was willing, but the flesh was weak. <laughs> Sorry to slight etc. Did mm-hmm. you do that as a kid, like designing characters and stuff? Yeah, I yeah. was always sketching around, and I went to um, like various art classes, and I was just sketching and getting inspired by other games, and always creating like some OCs uh, protagonists that I really liked, like with massive swords and like <laughs> leather clothes, because like leather is cool, right? <laughs> leather now, though. Um, <laughs> leather to pleather. Leather to pleather. The Lana's gone bitch story. <laughs> Lana's gone bitch. Letter to pleather. That's the your documentary. Biography. <laughs> leather to pleather. <laughs> letter to latex. Um, yes. Oh, Sorry. Anyway. Please continue. <laughs> as you do. As you do. So yeah. Um, so you had that initial sort of artist background yeah. and design characters and stuff, but. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so how did it go from there then after uni? Well, during uni, I think it was the uh, oh. second year and third year. Mm. Um, they s- we started doing group projects, mm. and they started giving us some roles we could pick from. And okay. they also mentioned like, oh, who can be? Who wants to be an animator, artist, blah blah blah, producer, director? And I'm like, oh, hello. I haven't tried those roles yet. Let's do that. Mm. So I decided to be like um, producer slash director for one of the projects. I quite liked it. Um, then in finally year of uni, I did that again, and I was like, "This is nice. This is kind of easy. I like it." And then obviously I had a crisis of uh, a lifetime, and you know, and, and then the crisis at the very end of university, being like, "I don't know what to do. I don't have a portfolio. Where do I, where do I go from here?" Yeah. And I was telling my mom, I was like, "Oh, but like production is so easy. Like I like it." She was like, "Why don't you do it?" I'm like can you do that she was like well let's do a quick google together <laughs> it turns out you can and i was like oh well i i do like helping people do things and keeping track of it and uh, i guess people need it so i was like okay let's let's go into production then let's hmm. figure out that so it was kind of like accidental by half being comfortable with it uh, you know rather than being good because one always learns and it, and um, adapts through life and um, hmm. gets better at what I do uh, but uh, yeah I kind of made a switch because I liked working with people and help them get do things well yeah. and be better and I always liked helping people so yeah I just ended up doing that researching a lot about the role and then after university I moved back to Croatia um, just to spend some time at home and look for jobs and research what production is and started doing some like interviews and if I also signed up to this thing called creative skill set which I don't think exists anymore in the form it did it's now called just skill search maybe something like that yeah. it's, it's still there but not quite it, this was you, this used to be called the trainee scheme where you would sign up to it with like your portfolio and your CV and stuff, and then companies would search for you. Right. So I got in, uh, so my first ever boss, um, Ian, he got in touch with me, and he had a little indie publisher, Chill Mouse, 
and he was like yeah i'm looking for an associate producer to join we have like cool projects happening um and yeah i started having interviews with him i quite liked it and uh that was the point in life where i had to make a decision because i also got an offer from double negative so do i go into vfx or do I, as a production runner or do i go into games and i realized in university that uh, i was i was learning to be an animator which kind of meant i had to i was training for like tv film kind yeah. of animation and yeah. i to be honest i don't like watching films that much <laughs> i like ani watching animated films and animated shows but um I realized I didn't really want to spend some spend so much time in front of a computer, so I now spend a lot of time in front of a computer because <laughs> <laughs> that's the future in it. Like it didn't matter. I like that was not escaping that. It wasn't a reason that yeah. it should have been valid yeah, yeah, or yeah. considered. But yeah. um, yeah, I I made a decision. <laughs> I want to go into games, and I went into games, and my first job was an associate producer at a small indie publisher, and mm. that was um, so I was in Croatia for six months during summer. And then I moved, uh, I came back for graduation, and then two days after graduation, I started working in Godalming. Oh, cool. Okay, so I moved all the way from Middlesbrough to Croatia back, and then to uh, Guildford slash Godalming. Straight in. Yeah, and been there oh. since. And it was great. It was a fantastic first job. I learned so much, because um, my, uh, my boss had so much experience in the industry, like 25 years or something. It really took me under the wing, and I felt like um, uh. I learned quite a lot about the industry, just like from being in a publishing side and being exposed to a lot of other developers and a lot of other games and like, I was being taken to events as well which was amazing um, met a lot of people started like doing like some career talks like hey this is how I got in the industry and started doing more and more of that and I really liked it uh, but now I'm, <laughs> I'm really tired of <laughs> like do not perceive me anymore please <laughs> I am I'm happy where I am I'm um, <laughs> I like I like comfort and uh, I want to get I, I if anyone asks me to do any any talks uh, public talks and stuff I'm like no nah, I'm good but here's another person that yeah. is just starting out like my uh, either my mentees or somebody else I know that would be perfect for this role or like panels yes uh, just give other people opportunity and that's something that Anissa and I were doing with Limerick as well because they keep asking us to do um, talks but neither of us can be arsed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but we have 23 people on the committee, a lot of people who are like also new to the industry and yeah. need this talking experience and want talking experience. So we're like, you want to do it? Yeah. Like, here's an opportunity. Go for it. Yeah. And the, and there's an opportunity there for people to bring new perspectives exactly. as well. Because that's the whole point of yeah. the initiative, right? Yeah. What else can I offer um, anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I was going to ask about mm -hmm. the, but um, what you said about the... Um, getting the experience you sort of had some mentorship from mm -hmm. that first role yeah. of who you were working with right so it's quite useful so yeah. I was going to say the comparison of like trying to get in without something like some sort of mentorship program yeah, yeah. And, and and doing it oh I had yeah I definitely uni right I definitely had mentors I, I forgot to mention but uh, George Backer I met at my university oh, yeah. like um yeah, he's uh, one of the nicest people in the industry. Mm. Like, the nicest person in the industry, mm. for sure. Um, very kind, very keen to help, um, like, pe graduates and other people. So um, I met him in university through um, the uh, Fe Animex Festival. Oh, right. Which was really great. And, yeah, and um, because he was there doing a production talk, and I was like, hi, I want to be a producer. Can we talk? And uh, he was like, oh, yes, I never met anyone who wants to be a producer, <laughs> like, uh, from <laughs> university. And I was really into it. Um, so we talked, and he was like, right, what do you want to do? Like, what is your goal? Like, uh, and just kind of always checked in with me and saw, uh, asked how I was doing. He still does that. And um, really appreciate it. We're really good friends. And... Um, yeah, he really, really helped me understand what the role is. And he was the one who introduced me to creative skill set, um, the training scheme. And mm. uh, um, the running joke is I owe him my soul because he helped me so much. So, <laughs> yeah, the again, the importance of mentorship is um, having there someone in your corner helping you out, showing you stuff about the industry and teaching you about stuff that you wouldn't have had the opportunity to see and experience. Mm. Like, how, how was I to know about all these things unless I spent hours researching and maybe even then I wouldn't uh, come across it. But yeah, with his experience and being around the industry, he, um, he was able to o offer that to me. Mm. Yeah, and that's how I got in. So mentorship Ooh. before uni, um, uh, sorry, yeah, before my job, then during my job, uh, my boss at the time, Ian, and yeah, going from there, 
got enough experience um, from publishing went into in-house development. And from them, I, I was like, I quite like the hybrid. Then I kind of went into a hybrid role between like publishing and porting and uh, in-house development. And now um, I'm in my first AAA job, yeah. which is exciting. You can't talk about that much. I can't talk about the project, but I can say I work for a PlayStation London studio. Mm. I've been there for a year and a half and I am the happiest I've ever been, Yes, <laughs> which is so good. I, I love it so much. It's so exciting. Um, it's, it's a different world, AAA, I would say. Like yeah. there, there's obviously similarities between like indie or like double A when I was at Boss um, and um, triple uh, A. It's different. It's very nice. You've added an A each time, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, <laughs> I'm, I'm going an up an A, <laughs> up or an I guess a. like an I, I to A A to A A A. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the end, I'll be if like ah. <laughs> Pain without the, <laughs> what was it? Pain without the <laughs> pain is just ah, <laughs> whatever <laughs> the meme is. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that 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 holds a little bit too true. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just game development in a nutshell. Like, ah, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. Ah, what's this? <laughs> New things. Why are we doing this? Did you um, did you find it? Painful, painless, speaking of pain, to go from two A's to a third A? Not at all, no. The skins are very transferable, and it's all about the support you get at work as well. Like, the production team. For me, one of the most important things um, when looking for, like, jobs and my, my career generally is the production team. Like, mm. who am I going to be working directly with? And uh, my colleagues are so amazing. Mm. I, I'm learning so much from them. There's so much good support. We're very, like, open and honest with each other. We hold each other accountable as well, which is good. Um, yeah, it, it's fantastic. It's a very, very healthy working relationship, I would say, for sure. That's good. Yeah, really good. Really, really happy. Well, I'm real happy. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm real happy about that. Oh. I'm so happy about yes. that. Yes. Ooh, friends. Oh, oh, <laughs> isn't it? Are they nice? Isn't it great? Oh, I know. <laughs> I say. I say, old chap. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what they were doing that excellent British accent maybe that's oh why when God. they said oh you must be British please I butchered this accent all the time <laughs> I tried like when I was um, when I was up in Middlesbrough yeah. um, and I was still my brain was still very much um, adapting the languages in my head mm. and I, I started getting a little bit of a I wouldn't say a dialect but just like the intonation yeah um, uh, it would be like oh, I don't know <laughs> I, I used to you know I used to say that quite a lot and sometimes I catch myself just intonating because because for me just like listening to the British accent is uh, it's distinguishable by the tones yes. you use like intona cadence intonation cadence yeah. rather than like the pronunciation for me so uh -huh. um Maybe sometimes people say, like, are you British just because I'm intonating? But I do it by mimicking others rather than having yeah. it being natural. But so I think I think that happens when you live somewhere yeah. new anyway. You pick up those little yeah. bits or, you know. And oh, my God. There's, an, there's, like, there's a strange, like, empathetic quality. Yeah. Which can be, like, which can get you in trouble. Sometimes, yeah. Because if it's someone <laughs> you just think, about that. I just like this person, but now I've just done a bit of their accent by accident back yeah. at them, and it sounds like I'm taking the piss. So <laughs> I, I do have a story oh, yeah, about that because it. I absolutely love the Scottish accent, and when I'm around anyone who's Scottish, like uh, my, my friends, um, uh, my friend from Croatia also lives mm -hmm. in in uh, Glasgow, and whenever I come to see her uh, and talk to her uh, boyfriend uh, at the time, I. It's just so charming and so musical to me that mm. I start mimicking him, and yep. I have to apologize constantly because I just, I'm, I'm, I don't do it meanly. I just love it so much, and I'm yeah. sure I'm, uh, it yeah. just happens. Yeah, I, I think, like you say, it's like some kind of an emphatic response where you were just yeah, trying. you want to connect with the person, yeah, more, don't yeah. you? So you, you naturally start to like yeah, stupid brain. <laughs> I've seen. Uh, yeah, I've just Might been. Oh, the pigeon closing, is back. Closing word from the pigeon. There we go. Full hey, circle. Again, we keep coming ask? full circle. Hello, pigeon. Greetings. No, no schmackles for you. I no got no bread because you're a bird and birds shouldn't be eating bread. Anything to say? Any, anything before we conclude the episode? No, not nope. a word. Not a word. Well, thanks a lot, buddy. No, he just went on to some not, not grassy area then, just as I went, tried to foley him. <laughs> <gasps> Spaniel. It's a cavalier. King Charles cavalier, cavalier King, Spaniel. Yeah. I had what? one when I was a kid. Me too? Yeah, yeah. When I was about eight. Until I was about 18. 
Uh, I, I had one when I moved to uni, actually. My mom was like, well, I don't want to be left alone. I'm going to get a dog. Yes. And we got the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Thank you so much. And we they're the most wonderful dogs. Every Spaniel, every King Charles I see, I want to take it home. Oh, me too. Just, just I, all of them. It's like, they're all, they're all mine. Sorry. I love them so much. I still have my, my wallpaper on my phone. It's still my doggo. Oh. Yeah, oh. I miss her so much. Look at, Look at her. Too much. We can post a photo of her. I'll send you this Can't photo and it. you can post it. Yeah, so everyone everyone can see. <laughs> her name is Clara. Clara. Too much. Can't yeah. bear it. Can't bear it. The best. Now we have a cat. And she it acts is. exactly like Clara, which is wonderful. Part of me thinks like, mm, yeah, she's possessed by her spirit. Because <laughs> when, <laughs> when we got the cat, she would always be in the same spots as Clara used to be. Oh. So, yeah. And she, she sleeps in exact same poses. It's begs for food exactly the same sits on a chair next to us on a dining table like just puts her little paw like anything for me <laughs> thank you please yes. anything for I'm a me cat. come on please <laughs> my cat voice thank you and you please thank you mother cares not for us <laughs> mother has not fed us <laughs> oh mother i will pack my little rucksack <laughs> and go into the world just writing in cursive. Yeah, that that that. <laughs> whenever that's I see cool. that, yeah, <laughs> speaks in cursive. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I see those cat memes of like uh, mother, uh, father, <laughs> I um, I, I th this is the accent I put in because that's how I think Victorian children sound. It works quite well. That's probably your best British. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when you when you're pretending to be. Thank a cat. you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you, father. Thank you, and thank you. No, thank you. No, no. Thank you. No, no. No. You. No, you. No! <laughs>